Hello, and welcome to Grim and Whim, unnerving tales to haunt, mystify, and spark curiosity. Let's be curious together. Our first short story is called Tap Tap. Tap, tap. Tap, tap. Do not do it. Do not give it the satisfaction. Tap, tap. Tap, tap. Maybe this time it'll go away. Tap, tap. Tap, tap. I had to force myself not to turn around and look at my window. Eyes bore into the back of my skull, and yet the constant tapping was ever so slowly dwindling down. I could almost hear the frustration of the creature. At first I thought, it must have just been a tree branch. But a tree branch doesn't stand four feet tall and have it out for me. I focused in on my computer screen trying to block out the sound. Music was ineffective and turning on the TV only made it worse. I checked the time. It was 3.24 a.m. Six more minutes. Six more minutes. And you are free, I told myself. The minutes dragged on, slowly inching towards 3.30 a.m., The tapping echoed throughout the room, vibrating throughout my mind. 3.26 a.m. 3.29 a.m. Right on cue, the tapping ceased at exactly 3.30 a.m. As per usual, every day this past week, I sighed and turned around to finally crash on top of my bed and get what little sleep I could, relieved to finally be able to sleep in peace. I turned back and forth to find a comfortable spot. That was when I saw it. It was tiny, almost the size of a small child. Its eyes seemed to be unnatural to its body, too big and too bulky. Its skin was a pale gray and resembled stretched hide. Long, thin pieces of hair grew from random spots on its head. It had a permanent smile, its rotten, jagged teeth pressed up against my window. It was standing on my windowsill. Its bony finger tapping on the pane, creating a sick Rhythm. Tap, tap. Tap, tap. It pressed its stubby face against my window. I sat frozen in fear, eyes locked, and unsure of what to do. It just stared at me, unblinking and unmoving. I shook in both terror and uncertainty. It began to tilt its head like a confused dog, still unblinking. A couple of minutes passed and it still had not blinked its eyes once. 
its eyes remained glued to mine, almost synchronizing with my clock on the far end of the room, drawing out the night endlessly, its god-awful tapping reverberating within my skull and filling my thoughts. Part of me wanted to get up and scream at it, but I was paralyzed. It just stared and continued to tap. Tap, 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 tap. Eventually, the sun began to rise behind the tree line. The rays of light struck my window and then the creature. It twisted its head around to investigate the source and then turned back at me. It smiled, widened at me one last time and the creature vanished into the woods. Exhausted and terrified, I laid back down in bed to catch the last hour of sleep that I could. It would be a while until my body forced sleep upon me. The next night, I prepared myself for the tapping. However, it never happened. I drew the blinds, turned off the light, and laid down for a hopefully peaceful sleep. I let out a sigh of relief. One more night of it, and I would have gone I sprung up, my ears straining and jumping at every creak and groan of the house. After a few minutes, the tapping was heard again. Not tapping on glass, no, a deeper tap. It was the sound of a finger on wood and it was from across the room. It was from inside my closet. Tap, 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 tap. The next story is titled, My Girlfriend Talks in Her Sleep. My girlfriend talks in her sleep. At first, it was cute and hilarious to tell her what she said. It was harmless nonsense, like, the sky is folding, or we need to raise the ground. We talked the next day about it and see if she remembered her dream, but she never did. I wish I knew what she meant by, we need to raise the ground. Some context, our nightly routine is for us to start out with cuddling and then give up once it gets too hot. Then we're usually both on our sides back to back. She would fall asleep before I do, and so I would hear the full range of her nightly musings. Honestly, at first I was eager to hear what she said. It was always funny to tell her and our friends what she would say while deep in the throes of REM. But now, I'm done. I prefer she not talk anymore. How am I going to sleep after what happened last night? Last night, around 11 p.m., she was asleep and I was still up reading. 
back to back. I heard her mumble something under her breath. I couldn't quite make out what she said, but I lean over from my book to peek at her face, and she is sleeping soundly. I return to my book and get absorbed back into its pages. At some point, I fall asleep. Next thing I know, I'm woken up by my girlfriend at full volume. I open my eyes and at some point in the night, both of us have turned to lay face to face. My girlfriend's eyes are wide open. She is staring right at me, mere inches from my face. But her eyes are vacuous, like she is looking through me. These eyes, man. It's like she was straining to widen them as much as possible. Those are the eyes I fell in love with. And right now, they are scaring the absolute hell out of me. My heart rate skyrockets and chock full of adrenaline. I throw off my covers and jump out of bed, looking at her. Her eyes following me like a painting, but her body stays still. For one second, I decided that maybe my book light was keeping her awake and what she had said was, can you please turn that off? Now out of bed and looking at her, she's not right. Her body hasn't moved, but her eyes dart from looking at me to looking around the room. I dare to ask her, are you all right? No response. Those eyes look at me when I speak, though. They are now dead locked, looking right into my eyes. Her breathing isn't changed. That is asleep breathing, for sure. That's when, while looking right at me, she says in a too deep voice, Come back to bed. Deary. My girlfriend has never called me Deary before. We have pet names for sure, but they range from pumpkin, baby, to cupcake. Deary sounds like something my grandmother would call me. I decide I'll get more information before I climb back into bed with a potentially possessed girlfriend. Are you awake, sweetie? No response. The eyes dart from me to the wall, to the door, to the ceiling. I'm about to nope out of the room when her eyes roll back to the back of her head. The white from those eyes stands out in the dim radiance of the book light. No pupils in sight. She insists. Of course I'm awake. Come back to bed. With a subtle tap of her fingers on the comforter. Looking at her fingers now, I'm starting to come around. She's never sleepwalked before. But surely she is awake now if she's moving her hands. But looking at her fingers, it is as though she is pretending to have control. They are all going in different directions one finger straight down and the other to the side. Those hands are not my girlfriend's hands. 
they are simulating normal movement as best they can. Though I say, I'm going to go get a drink of water, baby. Be right back. Can I get you anything? Fully planning to run out of the house the moment I'm over the threshold. But my normally agreeable and sweet girlfriend decides I'm not allowed to leave. As serious as cancer. She says in that too deep horror voice, Take one step out of that door and I will rip out your throat. Shocked, but understanding the importance of not letting this beast know I am in trouble, I reply, As interesting as a proposition as that is, I think I'm going to go. And thinking quickly, I grabbed my water bottle from the nightstand. This does not please my girlfriend as she decides to start screaming and fingering her way towards me. It is a supernatural scream, so high-pitched and bird-like. I feel as though my neighbors three houses down were going to ask us if they had heard that last night. As fast as I can muster, I unscrew the lid and I douse her in water. Her eyes close, her garbled appendages normalize, and she is back to sleep. I'm going to sleep on the couch for a while, maybe forever. She'll understand when she's awake. Our next story is titled, My brother didn't leave his room for three days, and my parents won't let me check on him. On the third night Jacob didn't come out of his room, I got the courage to bring it up to mom. People don't sleep for this long, I said. She was cooking a casserole, the sixth one this week. We were running out of fridge space for the leftovers, but she kept making more. I would watch her from the corner of the kitchen, her posture curved and newly grayed hair hanging over the food. I walked over and tugged at her sleeve, but she didn't respond. She was slathering butter on the top of the crust. Mom, I said, did you hear me? He needs his strength, she said. We can't be bothering him. Before I said anything, Dad walked in. His eyes were red and swollen, but he was smiling. He had three cans of Coke in his hands. I'm starving, he said. I still have the taste of that horrible cafeteria food in my mouth. You would think hospitals had good food for how much money they make, Mom said. I know, right? Dad said. He placed the Cokes on the counter. Mom didn't want us to go near Jacob's room, but I was getting worried. I peered out from the kitchen. His room hung at the end of the hallway, like an abandoned lighthouse the only sign of life being the New York Yankees poster taped to his door. Near the ground, there was a small sliver of space to see if he had turned on his lights. It was still dark, and it had been for the past three days. I turned back to Mom. Shouldn't we check on him, I asked. I don't know why places like Wendy's or Burger King don't put up little shops in the hospital, Dad went on. I mean, you have hundreds of people who are stuck there for days on end. That's consistent business. It's all politics, Mom said. 
they sign these big contracts that are impossible to break. Right, right. That makes sense, right? Dad was standing next to Mom now, his face inches from the casserole. He took a long sniff. Ah, he said. Smells great. Do you want some of the leftovers while this finishes in the oven? She asked. I think we still have some from yesterday. Wasn't the spinach and ricotta one good? Very good. Very, very good, he said. I couldn't stop eating it. Jacob's going to devour these once he gets his appetite, Mom said. I turned back and took a step into the hallway. The distance between me and his room felt long and narrow, like a high wire. When I got away from the casserole smell, I hit a different smell. It reminded me of old gym socks. Even with Mom's arrays of candles and incense, I still smelled it. It cut through everything. The last time I saw Jacob was on the drive home from his treatment. His face was a pale green and his eyes kept rolling back. Mom said I had to keep talking to him to keep him focused. I told him about my friends from school and how they keep pranking my teacher by putting tacks on her chair. It wasn't true. I saw it on a TV show once. But I was running out of material. It didn't matter, though. Jacob didn't respond at all. All he did was cough. Pink drool was spilling onto his t-shirt. Danny, Mom said, why don't you heat up these leftovers? We're all craving that spinach and ricotta casserole. I can't stop thinking about it, Dad said. I was dreaming about it last night. I ignored them. I kept my focus on my brother's door. I didn't dream about the casserole like Dad. I kept having a different dream. My brother was running into my room and flicking my ear. It was a game we used to play. We would tiptoe up to the other's door, then wait for our moment. Then, the attacker ran in and got one or two good flicks before retreating. In my dream, though, Jacob would run in and flick me. But I wouldn't move. I would just stand there. He would flick and laugh and then flick some more. Sometimes, he would flick my ear so hard that my ear flew off. Earth to Danny, Dad said, snapping his fingers in my face. He was standing in front of me blocking my view of Jacob's door. Do you mind heating up four portions of the casserole in case Jacob wants some? We're going to eat that before this next casserole because we want to make sure Jacob's able to try some, because in my opinion, it was definitely one of your mom's best. I looked up at him and held my eye contact. I couldn't say what I was thinking, so I wanted Dad to feel it. Maybe, if I stared long enough, my feelings would translate. But Dad looked at me only for a moment, and then looked away. In that brief connection, though, I saw something I didn't want to see. It was like staring down the tunnel of the world's deepest well. Come on now, he said. He grabbed my shoulders and turned me around. His voice got heavier. You're going to want to heat up each individual piece. Because if you do them all at once, then you won't get even heat through the pieces and 
you'll probably have a couple that are too hot and others that are too cold. And then Jacob won't get the full picture of how good these casseroles are. Dad let go of my shoulders and walked ahead of me. But I stayed in the hallway a moment longer. I turned to look at my brother's door one last time. I fantasized about walking up to it and going inside. But I was afraid Mom would yell at me. Besides, I never liked going in there. He had a puke bucket next to his bed, which always had pink splatters in it. And there were always clumps of hair on his pillows. Back before the last hospital visit, Mom would make me go in there and talk to him. But I always made up some excuse, like I had a cold and didn't want him to get sick. When I couldn't get out of it, I would stay in there for a few minutes and watch him try to breathe. I would tell him about a TV episode I saw, then run back to my room. I looked up. I thought I was walking back to the kitchen, but I was moving towards the door. I didn't want to, but I kept moving like my limbs were controlled by a puppeteer. I put my hand on the doorknob. I turned. The gym sock smell filled my head like helium. Through the darkness, I could make out a sliver of my brother's face. The soft evening light fell on him. His eyes were open, staring at the ceiling. His arms were straight as rulers, and his fingers curled like a blooming rose. I walked to the side of his bed. Red spit fell off his lips. He looked like a frowning clown. I flicked his ear. It was hard. I walked out and closed the door behind me. As I walked back, I seemed to forget what the inside of his room looked like. With the door closed, it could be anything. Jacob could be doing jumping jacks, or reading comic books, or plotting his next ear flick attack. When I walked into the kitchen, I heated up four plates of the spinach and ricotta casserole. When they were done, I wrapped Jacob's plate in aluminum foil and put it in the oven to keep warm. Then, Mom, Dad, and I sat in the dining room and ate in silence.
Her final story is a bit shorter, but I felt like it was a good one to end on. It's named, I Don't Think My Wife is Asleep. 2.49 a.m. I lie awake in bed, laying on my right side. My wife is behind me. She's awake, I can tell. I can feel her staring at me from behind. She's always been a night owl, but tonight feels different. She feels very wrong. She's breathing heavy. I should check on her, but for the life of me, I cannot bring myself to turn around. 3.03 a.m. I can feel her moving closer to me. She moves ever so slightly, and I can feel her touch the back of my hair. Is she caressing me? The hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. Why is her hand so cold? I can see the door to my room through the darkness. My entire body just wants to jump up and run to it. I can't do that. I'm being silly. 3.13 a.m. She's right behind me. I can smell her breath. It's horrible. I've never smelled her like this before. I can feel something pressing into my back. Is it a knife? It doesn't feel sharp. I gotta do something. I decide to jump up and turn the light on, but right before I do, the hall light turns on. I can hear my wife coming up the stairs. She's on the phone with her mom. I can hear her crying. Apparently her grandpa died earlier today. He never liked me, so maybe that's why he decided to pay me a visit tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. It's goodbye for now, but I hope to haunt you again soon.